right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. How's everybody doing tonight? Yes, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. It's great to see a whole bunch of you back from, you know, wherever you're at. So thank you, Jesus, for that. (laughs) Praise God. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. And we are going to open up our service by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Because America is coming to Jesus. Can I get an amen? Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. All right. Well, we got a few announcements for you. First of all, uh, this is exciting. Uh, nursery, children's, and youth group are back open again tonight. So thank you, Jesus. Yes. Amen. Hey, we made it. It was, it was touch and go there for a minute, but we, we pressed through. We had our kids sit in the service with us. It was wild, but we did it. All right. So praise God. Uh, but just a big shout out and thank you to all of our children's workers for all that they do. Amen. Uh, do we have any of the young wives and moms in the house tonight? Uh, you're here because I see you. Yes. All right. Uh, listen up. On Saturday, we are having a get-together. I say we, but I won't be there. They didn't let me go. But young wives and moms, Saturday at 11 a.m. at Jenny's uh, restaurant here in town, one of our favorites. Amen. And uh, so it's a great chance for you ladies to get together and have some fellowship, and it's some kid-free time. So uh, make sure you get together and take advantage of that. And I know it's a good time to, to just kind of uh, get a break for a minute because sometimes you need that, right? Okay. Uh, also, this is super exciting news. Membership class is on Sunday. Who's excited? Thank you. I knew you were. I knew it. Uh, so Sunday at, uh, from 4 to 7 p.m., uh, and it's gonna, uh, we're going to have a great time. Pastor Katie and I will be teaching that class together. And it gives you a chance to learn some of our own church history and some of our main uh, doctrines and beliefs that we have and gets you a chance to ask some questions too. I know a lot of times people want to be able to ask questions and such, and uh, this is your chance to do that. So sign up and uh, and make sure that you don't miss out on this because it'll probably be a few months before we do another class, all right? And also, uh, any married couples in the house? There you go. That we want excitement. When I say, "Are you married?" You know, we want to. S- yeah, come on, now what's that? What's that? Come on. If you're married and you know it, say amen. amen. All right. If you're married and you're happy, say amen. amen. Okay. All right. You know what? Let's just move on. Let's go, let's go with this. Um, so we're having Married's Night on Friday, February the fourth at six thirty. In Victory Hall, we're going to have an Italian dinner night. So there is a sign-up sheet back there at the info booth. Sign up to bring a dish. 
uh, to share, and we're going to have a great time. There is child care available, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome time to get together with uh, the married couples and have a night out with your spouse. It's going to be wonderful. And then one more announcement. Uh, the Seventh Day Slumber Concert is coming up, amen, on February 19th. And uh, uh, let's see, we're we're helping to co-sponsor that High Desert Word Center. We're a co-sponsor and some of the other Christian businesses and uh, churches in town. It's going to be the 19th at 6 p.m. at Barstow Community College. You do have to have a ticket, even though it's free, but you do have to have a ticket to get in the door. And I've got the link on there, and I'm tr- keep trying to get it on online for you. But it's bccpack.ludus.com. So go on there and uh, reserve your tickets and come on out that night, and it's going to be an absolute awesome time. They're a great Christian band, and they're a real, they're genuine Christians, okay? Some of the bands that call themselves Christian, believe me, it's a name only. They are not. Anyway, that's that's another topic. Why am I going there? Let's just, yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time. So I'm going to have Pastor come on up tonight and take up our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Amen. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving, and the ushers have envelopes for you. There you go. HDWC do what? Uh, I'm still catching up this generation. <laughs> that, that was fast. He said it like he knew what he was talking about, didn't he? Amen. I have my check written out, so that's what I do still. Oh, well. All right, hold up your hands if you need an envelope for your tithes, for your offerings, and open up your Bibles. Open up your Bibles. I'll tell you what, having a real Bible and carrying it with you is so important. I was listening to Brother Hagen preach today off an old, off an old not an old tape, because we don't do tapes anymore, it, off an old YouTube. <laughs> but anyway, he was talking about one time a place he was holding services at, and he kept on emphasizing people, bring your Bibles, bring your Bibles so you can see what I've shown you is truth. It's in the Word of God. And he was particularly there at that church to get people filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. He said there's a young guy there that for the first week just sit and stared at all around him. People get filled with the Spirit and falling out and speaking in tongues. He said he knows the second week the man brought his Bible. And said about the third night, the guy come up and said, man, I wasn't ready for it. And he got it. And then Brother Hagin talked to him later. He said, well, what changed in you? I've been watching you. You've been sitting there staring. He said, I saw it in the Bible. Brother Hagin had been preaching it, but when the man saw it, faith cometh by what? Hearing. Hearing, and also your seeing is a big part of it. So anyway, he got it. So that's what I say. I really, I really emphasize, bring your Bibles, bring your Bibles, bring your Bibles. And if you're looking on a laptop or a phone or something like that, I guess that's okay. But the main thing is, you need to see with your eyes what the Bible has to say. Amen? Amen. You need to see it. And so Hebrews chapter 4, did I already say that yet? Hebrews 4 verse 2, we got it on there now, we'll just wait. Just in case you're not a Bible carrier yet, we'll let you see it on the screen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, and we're talking about receiving tithes and offerings for Jesus. You know, we're not giving to the church. We're not tithing to the church. We're tithing given to Jesus. Yes. And we're the clearinghouse he uses down here to get the gospel preached around here, Amen. to make disciples and teach people, teach the kids. We're the place that he uses, but we tithe to heaven, and then heaven blesses the church and blesses your tithe. Amen? Yes. Okay, so then he, for your benefit, he says, for unto us 
was the gospel preached as well unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Isn't that something? People could sit under the word of God and hear the word of God preached, yet not profit them, not help them. Why is that? Not being mixed with faith. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so, you know, we do a financial faith confession every time we receive a tithe that offering, we do that. And the way you mix faith with your tithe, the way you mix faith with your given, it's just like the way a farmer plants seed and then gets water on his crop. Has anybody ever planted anything in the desert and know that if you don't water it, nothing grows? Do you know how we water our, 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 our faith and our tithe? We make a confession over it. During the course of the week when we're thinking about it, when we're thinking about problems, thinking about lack and things like that, we need to open our mouth and water what's been planted. We need to open our mouth and say, Lord, I want to thank you. This looks really serious. Talk about financial things you might face, but Lord, I want to thank you. And then you're, you yourself look at Malachi chapter 3 a lot of times too. And they say, Lord, I want to thank you. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. You told me that if I didn't rob you, if I was faithful to give your 10% back to you for tithes, that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessings on my finances, on my family, on our health, that you would rebuke the devil for our sakes. What do you do if you do that? You're mixing faith with your giving. And so just don't be somebody that thinks, well, tithes like paying my light bill. Uh, what is was payday? I got to make my car payment. I got to make my God payment. You don't make a God payment. God said the tithe belongs to him. It's holy. So all you do it is say, Lord, thank you for letting me be blessed with this and you trusting me with your 10% to see what I do with it. Now, here it is, Lord. I'm faithful. I'm just giving it right back where it belongs. It's yours. And you're mixing faith with it. And so that might help explain to you why we're so serious about the financial faith confession. We can't go home with you. And say, hey, are you using faith? Are you using faith? We can get you started. Then it's up to you to keep on using your faith. Every time you think lack, think I'm a tither. God bless me. Then speak it out of your mouth and you're mixing faith. And then guess what? It will profit you. Amen. Amen. I like that. Can I tell you something I heard a man say one day? How many know that Jesus was born as a Jew? And I want to tell you something. The Jewish people look at profit different than us Gentiles do. When the Jews show up in a neighborhood, I saw it happen in Indianapolis, it's not long before they start buying the neighborhood. They come there with one purpose, to expand their business, because they see profit as real profit. So we as Christians, we're coming to people of God. We've got to recognize when God says profit, God means you're going to gain, you're going to increase. Amen? Yes. I like that. All right, let's make our financial faith confession, and we will, uh, if you do it online, bring your phone up, just hold your phone up, say, Lord, here it is, it said, here, you got it, but I still do the check business, amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, 
blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give gesture to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay,
the Lord has done great things in your life, then give him a shout and praise him and thank him for what he's done. Amen. Amen. Uh, give your neighbor a high five if you're allowed to. If you're not, give them an air five. But uh, anyway, just say hi to somebody. Greet somebody and tell them you're glad they're here. Tell them you're glad they're here tonight. Amen. I'll tell you what, I am glad I'm here. You know, I think about, I say sometimes that uh, I'd rather be here than the best hospital in Southern California. And I know uh, four years ago I was in the best hospital in Southern California. And I've, I've been places, you know, before I knew Jesus, I even uh, a couple times in a place that had bars around it. Not a bar you drank out, but still bars you had to look through. Uh, I wasn't a bad crook or anything, but a couple times I got in trouble and I was there. And so I would rather be here than the best jail in Southern California. I'd rather be here than in the best rehab center. I'd rather be right here tonight than any place I can think of. And you know what? The more you come around a place like this regularly, is a greater chance you're going to have to ever have to go to those other places. Amen. And you know, I just the ones out there watching tonight on on YouTube, Facebook, and watching in the future off this here tonight, just. Have your Bibles there while you're watching, and uh, don't be doing the laundry, don't be doing your hair, just sit still like you're in church, and just treat your Bible like it's Jesus in your living room where you're at, talking to you, amen? Amen. You know, I, I learned that years ago before we ever had all the internet and everything. Dr. Summerall uh, was, one of, was one of my mentors, teachers, and I remember Dr. Summerall, he was on he was on. Uh, Christian television. Matter of fact, he had one of the first Christian television stations. He made the comment, said, if you're watching me on TV right now, don't treat this like you're watching a TV show. He said, treat this like Jesus is in your house talking to you when you read your Bible. And so I always, always, always tried, tried to teach, uh, tried to treat Christian videos that way, Christian television that way. I wouldn't want to be eating popcorn or hot dogs or running in the kitchen uh, to try to get something. I sat there and I kept my eyes focused on it because Jesus and the Word are one and the same. And the primary way that Jesus talks to us today is through the Bible. And He'll speak to you when you read the Bible yourself. He'll speak through preachers. He'll speak through other Christians. But the thing is, you've got to recognize what you've got in your hands right there is the holy written Word of God. That's God talking to us, and we were singing that song a minute ago, and I was thinking about the world around us, and you know, I don't know how conscious everybody else is about life and death and thinking about people, but I, I, I know it's been real to me for so long that when a person takes their last breath, it's not over, it's just beginning. And what they've done about Jesus Christ before they took that last breath depends on where they're going to be forever. And so we're going to be talking tonight about how you can be a good fruit-bearing Christian. And we need to bear good fruit, Jesus' fruit. And, you know, uh, what kind of apple, I'll just, talk, I'll just give you a natural example of fruit. If you see a rotten apple laying there in a basket, or a good shiny red apple or yellow apple, what color is which one do you want? You want the one that looks good. You want an old black mushy banana? You want a nice big yellow one that's firm and good to eat? That's what you want. Do you want a goofy, phony, religious person that one day they act like a Christian and the next day you don't know which side they're on? Hey, man, you want the fruit. You want to be like a Christian that you respect. 
You want to be like a Christian that always says no with the bad stuff going on in the joke room in the office. Amen. Or if something happened where there's a bunch of stuff spilled out of something at the store and everybody's stealing, are you going to walk away from it? Or are you going to join in with the crowd and bear that bad fruit? You know, you have to stop and think about it. We as Christians, Jesus talked about fruit because people, if they like our fruit, you might not like this, but sometimes people are going to pick on you. You ever seen some of those housewives in the store checking that fruit? They're picking on it, looking at it, squeezing it, giving a little shake sometimes to see what's in there. Well, sometimes people are going to test you to see what's in you. And so that's not the time to start whining and crying and say, Jesus, they're picking on me. Jesus said this. He said, when they persecute you, he said, so did they the prophets before you. He said, leap and dance with joy. And so if nobody's picking on you, maybe you're not very fruitful. Just a thought. And so uh, we're going to be talking about how to be a good fruit-bearing Christian. We're going to start off in John chapter 15. And while you're turning there, I want to show you a book, The Art of Prayer. Art of Prayer. spring, early summer of 1980, when I, was, when I was a new Christian, I just, uh, man, this stuff was all new to me, and I was learning the Bible, I wasn't a word of faith Christian, went to a Pentecostal church that was a good Holy Ghost church, but they didn't teach a lot, and so a lot of my early stuff that I was taught, I got off Christian radio, people like Brother Hagin, Brother Copeland, and people like that, Joyce Myers wasn't on the scene yet, but Marilyn Hickey was, a lot of good teachers like that, I was learning things, and the Holy Spirit was teaching me the Word of God, but I remember at that particular point in time, there's a trouble going on in my family and my life, and people didn't like me being a Christian, and, you know, just really wasn't fun. But I was on my way to work, went on the noon shift, and it was about quarter after 11. I remember I had my Bible, and usually if I had any extra time, I'd find some place to pull over and read my Bible. So I pulled over this parking lot, opened up to John 15, and when I saw that, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you, I started crying. I mean, I really started crying. And I said, Jesus, I thought I chose you. 
You chose me. I didn't know that. Well, since then, I realize what he's saying. He's chosen the whole world. He died for the whole world. And, and, and Jesus, through the Holy Spirit and through Christians witnessing and things like that, there's a point in time that every person alive gets ministered to sometime by the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that it convicts people of their sin, that they need a Savior. And so I know that uh, he talks to everybody at some point in time, and if they yield their hearts to him and receive him, they become born-again Christians. But if they choose to harden their hearts and keep on going their own ways, they don't. And so Jesus has chosen everybody to be born again. You know, what's John 3.16 say? For, for God so loved the whole world, everybody in the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him. And then, of course, Romans chapter 10 says, you can't believe if you haven't heard. And faith cometh by hearing, you hear by the word of God. And so God gives everybody a chance to get saved. But that day, that was so personal to me. I remember I just, when I saw that, it was just like Jesus stepped into my car. And I just felt his power all over me. And on the inside of my heart, I knew that Jesus Christ himself just personally talked to me and told me. Brand new Christian said, Bernie, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And man, I'll tell you what, that got to me. And every time I see that verse, I always see where I was. I was sitting in the parking lot at Fincham, called Fincham Cattle Company, the whole cattle. And I remember when I was a little boy, my dad hauled cattle and worked out of that same building. But anyway, that, that just always been something special to me. That right here where my dad used to work at, Jesus talked to me and he chose me. How many believe that, that Jesus chooses you? Amen. But then he didn't stop there. Now look at this. This is what we're talking about tonight. He said, I've chosen you and I've ordained or I've appointed you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And when I see that, what I think about is this. Jesus also said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And then we also know this, that the Bible says, and we know from real life, that when a body dies, it decays and it's gone. But the spirit that comes out of that body lives forever. And so the only fruit that I know that can remain is human people that have been born again. They live forever and ever and ever. And so our fruit, the primary fruit that we're supposed to bear that will remain forever is getting people born again. He said, I want your fruit to remain. You know, I'm so, I'm so excited to think about when I get to heaven, I'm going to see so many people in heaven that I led through a prayer of salvation. I'm going to see people in heaven I got to witness to, and the natural thought they rejected it, didn't receive a word I said, they didn't like me, but somebody else come along and watered what I planted. And they got to get the increase of getting them born again. And, you know, I've, I've always thought about this. I don't know about you. How many know who Billy Graham was? And, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of other great men and women of God that have these mass crusades where thousands and thousands and thousands of people will come and answer an altar call. Well, think about this. Those people answering that altar call 
didn't happen because of that preacher's greatness. They happened because Nikki and Greg witnessed to them sometime. And then they went to the place there, and they were set up because of what they heard. They went there because Amy shared the love of God with them at some point in time, and they ended up some big crusade, had big-name evangelists, has an altar call, they come up there. That's because Dave and Irma had already talked to him, been praying for him, and bearing that fruit. So you understand this. Those great crusades, they're wonderful, but those people wouldn't answer that altar call if Susan and Robert had have already loved them and talked to them. Just get a hold of this. The things we're doing in our lives as Christians, we may not see results right now, but we stay faithful, we pray, do what we're supposed to do, and at some point in time, those people will get to that point of no return where they're either going to have to jump in or bad news. Amen. So that's the kind of fruit I see it remains. And then he said that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, you shall ask of the Father in my name. You notice he didn't say that you should dear God. I always like to say it this way. He is God to the world, but he's Father to me. When you become a born-again Christian, you need to change how you pray. You need to get it turned around where you start talking to the Father in the name of Jesus. You know, before you were saved, he was God. Received Jesus, he's Father. And so Jesus said that whatsoever you ask the Father in my name. He didn't say whatsoever you ask God. And then you say your little prayer, just say amen. It's supposed to be in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. That's how we pray. And we're talking about praying to get results. And so Jesus knows. He knows who we are. He knows how we're wired. And he wants to use us all because to every one of us, no matter who we are, what our profession is, where we live, rich, poor, in between, he said, I've chosen you. I've appointed you. I want you to go and bring forth fruit. And so I don't know about you, but I know about me, I want to bring forth fruit. You know, I, I, just, I just want to ask a question, because I tell you, I think about this every day since uh, Wednesday night right before Christmas. I preached a message here about how to close out 2021, come into 2022, and I preached about the annals of heaven. And then from the Bible, how Jesus said, I keep books on your life, and when you stand before him, he's going to open the books. And we're going to be judged for what we did, good or bad. Well, I've seen that a lot, and I've preached about it a lot, but I'll tell you what, something happened to me when I preached that, that last Wednesday of 2021. I've stayed more conscious than ever, every day, about what I want in my book for 2022. I'll tell you what, it's affected my driving. I'll tell you what, Goofball tried to get behind my wheel again the other day. As soon as Goofy showed up, I caught Goofy in about five seconds. And he got, he got, got a hold of the wheel for a minute. I said, whoa, I don't want this in my book. I'm not that man anymore. I don't get ticked off when people are nuts out there anymore. And so I backed off from responding. I just got back there, just did my own thing right there. And the thing that helped me do that, I thought, man, Jesus, you're going to look at the books. I don't want this in my book. <laughs> hey, man, just telling you, I want good fruit. And when I was looking at this sermon today, I said, Jesus, more than ever, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that 2022 is the most fruitful year I've had in my Christian life. When you look at my book, 
I want you to see good fruit, good fruit, good fruit, good fruit. Amen? And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight is this good fruit. And so uh, every born-again Christian should get the revelation of how Jesus said to pray to get answers to prayer. Every born-again Christian. And, you know, if you've not got to the place yet where you're still just talking to God, not the Father, you either need to get born again or you need to just start studying some things in the Bible. That book there will help you too. Lots of scriptures on that. So you can start becoming bold and just say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I want to thank you. In Jesus' name, I know you heard me. In the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, Father, for answering this prayer. Amen? That'll help you because that's how Jesus said to pray. And so now I want to, I want to, look, I want to look at some, some preceding verses that helps you get positioned in your Christian life to bring forth this kind of prayer fruit. Help you get in position. How many know that anything in life, if you're not in the right position, you'll miss out? You know, I, thought, I just always think about the baseball stuff, the softball. Uh, my son Job was on the church softball team for a lot of years, and uh, Job's not like me. I'm not much into sports. You know, I like to watch baseball, and I love watching the church softball games. I guess we're going to do that again. So, Robert, we're we still going to do that. Who's in charge of that? We're going to get to do it again? Yeah. Yeah, I want to get more, more of those ball games. Anyway, Joe was so serious about sports, every kind of sport he's ever been in, man. Joe didn't just play for fun. He played to win. He was serious. I remember that Joe did not like the way he started off playing the softball stuff. Of course, he did a little league stuff. Joe went on YouTube or somewhere, man, and for months he, wa- he watched Major League Baseball players in the outfield, in the infield, how they batted. He watched and studied. And it amazed me with his speed, what he had. If we had a weaker player in the outfield, Joe could get from left field to right field and back them up. And when they missed it by 10 foot, he caught it. But he learned tricks about the batters. He watched all the other team's batters and knew who was going to hit over here, who was going to strike out, who could only hit line drives, who could hit high fly balls. And he watched every one of them because he watched the major league guys. And so Joe would get out there, and all of a sudden, Joe's playing left field, and all of a sudden, he's in right center because he positioned himself, and he caught a lot of balls. And then when Joe got to play the infield, which he didn't do very much, he knew how to get double plays. He knew who could run and who couldn't run. He knew who would take a chance and who wouldn't take a chance. He knew how good his first baseman was if he dared throw it to first base or not. And so he positioned himself. He did real good. He, he learned he became a good batter too, because he knew who was in the outfield, and he knew if that left fielder never caught it, he never hit the left field. He hit the center field, or wherever it was. And so we as Christians, when we see things in the Word of God, how to get in position to bear more fruit, then if we get out of position, don't stay in position, then it's our fault, because the Bible tells us how to be in position. And so John chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it or prunes it. If there's a branch, he said, and we're going to to explain this more, that's bearing fruit, he's going to prune it. 
Why? That it may bring forth more fruit. And now you are clean. That word clean actually comes the same word that means pruned. <clears throat> that uh, means purge up there, pruned. Now you are pruned through the word, which I've spoken unto you. You are pruned through the word. The word was to cut off things in your life that are time stealers, that are faith stealers. Why? So you bear more fruit. Uh, you know, I remember back in Indiana one time years ago, the Lord sometimes gave me sermons through singing. And, uh, of course, nobody likes to hear me sing, so I just kind of fake it until <clears throat> I make it. But I never made it, so I'll still fake it. <laughs> but before I was born again, my, my primary music I listened to was hillbilly music. I was the Hank Williams guy, which a lot of these young people don't know, Patsy Cline, Ernest Tubbs, a lot of hillbilly guys sang a lot of, a lot of songs. But there's this one song that one time was, was, a, was a hit song for hillbilly people. And said, it's crying time again. She's going to leave me. <laughs> the Lord had me start a sermon off. My, this is verse 3. It's pruning time again because he loves me. And so we as Christians have to know that sometimes because you are a fruit-bearing Christian, God then is going to trust you. He can deal with you and cut some more things off so you bear more fruit. And we're, going to, we're going to talk about this and show you what we're talking about here. And so uh, I, I, I think about this pruning of trees, how the Lord taught me. Back in Indiana, I, I could grow things. Here in California, I don't grow much things. I have failed the test consistently for 16 years. This is my 17th year, and I've given up most every year. I say I won't do this again next year, but I have a wife that does the same thing here she did in Indiana. She pushes me on the growing business. And so every year, she's got a better idea. So every year, I try her idea, and I'm not a bad confessioner because I use all the faith I've got over this every time. But the lizards win, the rabbits win, the heat wins, and I've lost. The only, the only time I ever really grew anything was out in Hinkley one time. I, my tomatoes finally started growing, and as soon as the big green ones come, a frost came. So anyway, what I'm saying, I've learned something about those, about, about the growing out here. Back in Indiana, I learned from, a, from, from, an, from, a, from an old country boy about tomatoes. And then I carried this same principle into my pistachio trees. But it works for this right here. On tomato plants, he taught me that every branch on a tomato plant doesn't bear fruit. And so as my tomato plants would begin to grow, I started seeing the ones that had blossoms coming on them. And so my tomato plants, by the time, by the time I prune my tomato plants, I might have a dozen branches left. I might have had 30 or 40 on there. But the thing was... I had the main vine, and what Jesus said here is he's the vine. And we're the branches that bear fruit. The branches bear fruit, not the vine. We get our nourishment from the vine. And so I would prune those tomato plants, and when I prune those tomato plants, I would get big tomatoes, juicy tomatoes, nice tomatoes. Reason being, all those nutrients that come through that water out of the ground didn't go to the sucker branches. Those branches 
that have no blossoms that never will. They, they get big, they get fat, lots of leaves, and they steal everything that the tomatoes could get. And so if you take care of the sucker branches, then all the good stuff coming up goes into the fruit-bearing branches. And if it goes into the fruit-bearing branches, you get better fruit. And so I didn't prune my tomato plants because I didn't like them. I pruned my tomato plants because they were bearing fruit and I wanted more fruit. And so then when I come out here and I got pistachio orchard, I already knew what to do. Much higher level. It was a whole lot harder to prune those branches, those pistachio trees, but I knew what to do. And so what did I get? I got more nuts and bigger nuts because I got rid of the non-fruit bearing ones. And so what he said in our lives is that he was to prune us through his word so we can bear more fruit. Amen. Now look at this next thing he tells us. This, this is so good. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them to the fire, and they are burned. And so when a branch is cut off the trunk, it dies. And I have accidentally... I have accidentally cut off a good fruit-bearing branch, tomatoes and pistachios, accidentally. And my wife, they would, I had her type up these notes for this. She said, well, how'd you ever do that? I said, man, I get out there, I get tired, been working out a long time. I just, man, I got a row going. And all of a sudden, I remember the tomato branches. All of a sudden, man, I go, whack, whack, whack. Here's one light over here, got a half a dozen good blossoms on it, little tomatoes. Cause, oh, man. And same thing with this pistachio thing. I remember some of those branches and those trees I first started doing it. Man, that was grievous. All of a sudden, I cut off a branch I thought was a nothing and it had baby nuts all over it. And so I was, I was sad, but I saw it dry up with blossoms or baby fruit. And listen to this. Listen to this. It's the same way with a fruit-bearing Christian. It hurts Jesus and hurts pastors that has Jesus' heart. We're fruit-bearing Christians, unhook. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I can't tell you the grief that brings to a pastor's heart when there's somebody in the church, very fruitful, and all of a sudden they decide, I don't want to be here anymore. I've had it with this kind of stuff. I'm done. I'm out of here. And so when they unhook from Christian things and go back to living as a non-Christian life, they're unhooked. And just like you get a picture of a tomato tomato branch laying there with little tomatoes on it, and you watch them every day, more and more withered to the layer, they're all withered up, that's what happens to Christians when they unhook. Jesus said, I'll clean you through my word. And you don't think about the country music stuff. I'm thinking about when I got born again. I had albums and albums and albums 
And I go to some of these antique stores now and see those things. I thought, oh, man, I wish I could have saved those up and sold them to these guys. But I, 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 I threw away so many albums, not only country music, but the rock music stuff I listened to back then. I mean, man, I had a stack that thick. And some of those things back in those days cost $15, $20 an album. Talk about that many years ago. But you know what I was doing? The Holy Ghost in me was pruning me. He was cutting things off that bore not fruit. Because those things there, some of them wasn't really bad stuff. I mean, it's depressing. Man, I'll tell you what, it's like, like my pickup truck running over my dog. And my wife taking off my neighbor. And then, I mean, man, you know, dog blind in one eye, got his tail cut off, walked on three legs, and called him lucky. Anyway, I got rid of I got rid of all those things, and then and then other things too. A lot of lot of books I used to like to read, not bad books, good books, but they stole my time, and they wasn't they didn't help me bear more fruit, so they got cut off. And then I think about about ten years ago when I was getting really getting into the the uh, smartphone business. I had all the apps like everybody else. Still got way too many apps. Don't look at them. But I remember there was one particular news channel app I had, and I had the Facebook app. And I was sitting in a missions conference up in Visalia, and I can't remember if there's preaching. I wasn't preaching about iPhones and apps, but I was sitting there looking at my phone. I thought, what am I doing? And right then I made the choice. I pushed delete. I took Facebook off. I took that news app off. I look at Facebook sometimes, but I don't have an app. I just if I so think about it sometime, I'll just log in, and I'll just see what's on there, and I'll get off real quick. Same thing with the news app. Why was that? They were branches that were sucker branches. They were still in my time. They were still in my faith. And there was no fruit in it. I'm just kind of telling you how this thing works. If you want to be in position to get the most anointing you can, to get the most of Jesus you can get, and all those kind of things, when you abide in him, and it comes pruning time, just think about the old... The old song, it's pruning time again because he loves me. I can hear that word beginning to cut away. Glory to God. Anybody like my singing? Nobody likes my singing? I, well, just don't listen to the, to the tone. Listen to the words then. <laughs> and so anyway, it's very sad when a fruit-bearing Christian gets cut off from the vine. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Now, verse 7, verse 8 this is the master key stay connected to the vine and bear much fruit if you abide in me and my words abide in you it's not enough just to be saved he said not only do you have to live in him he says words live in you the word has to be alive to you it needs to be more than some little devotional comes across your smartphone it needs to be more it leads up to reading a couple verses off a devotional before you get out the door. He said, if my words live in you, then he said, you ask what you will, it shall be done unto you. He said, but my word is living in you. He's talking about prayer. Ask what you will, it's done unto you. Because you're praying the word because it's alive to you. You're not just quoting verses. You've got to start off by quoting verses. But the more you quote verses and read verses and talk about them, all of a sudden they come from your head to your heart. Then when they're in your heart and they're alive, they come out of your mouth. And then Jesus said, 
with the words living in you like that, whatever you ask is done. I like answered prayer. I like to bring forth prayer fruit. I like to see people saved. I like to see people delivered. I like to see people healed. I like to see families put together. I like to see people prosper. And so when I pray for the Word of God and I see results, I love it. And I love it when I see Christians, especially Christians in the church, they get it all of a sudden and say, Pastor, you know what I saw? And I just inside think, man, I've been praying you see that. Thank you, Jesus. And you saw it. So he said, here it is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So are you my disciples. And so Jesus tells us if we will stay serious enough about the word sitting in church that the Holy Spirit through the word will cut that junk out of your life and the more the junk leaves the more the anointing flows. And the more the anointing flows the more fruit you're going to bear. And glory to God we get to heaven when he opens the books we're going to be able to stand up there and just be able to say Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for using me. I'm so glad you used me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's what it's all about. Glory to God. Pastor Dave. Okay. Now, what time is it, boys and girls? Prayer time. All right. Let's stand up. Man, is everybody quarantined that works with me up here? All right, I can be at 15 places at once because Jesus works through me. If you need prayer, Chuck, you up here with me? Amen. Well, if you need prayer for anything, come up here. Jose, you're with me. All right. Now, which one of you is going to be the girl? (laughs) Okay. If we need any ladies need prayer, then we'll probably have somebody pray for you that needs to, but uh, we can pray for you as long as we don't have to touch you. Amen. Elizabeth, come on up here. I'll shut my mic off. Anybody needs prayer, come up here. We're glad, we're glad to lay hands there, whatever you need to do. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, mending every. darkness, my God, that is who you are. 
everybody else get in prayer. We'll close out with just singing a stanza or two of this, and then we'll do our confession over Barstow. Amen. Let's sing together, worship at the close. in every heart I worship you yes Lord I worship you you are here healing every heart I worship you I worship you you are here Turning lives around I worship you I worship you You are here Mending every heart I worship you I worship you and you are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Maker, miracle worker. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good, wasn't it, Chuck? That's pretty good. That was the key of P, wasn't it? That's key of P. Key of P. You know what? Say, say music people, I understand I read music. The key of P is what I sing in. That stands for key of pastor. All right. Are we ready? Make our confession, mix in faith in our confession over Barstow, where we live. You ready? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo!